You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. Brandon Jaggers. They're coming inside the final 16th now. Pilsudski at the throw edge of Stingsfield. Pilsudski takes the lead in the shadow of the wire. Pilsudski is the winner by a length. And me, CC Broadus. Obviously, but Wise Dan now spin full flight for the wire. And Wise Dan strikes the front, sticks his neck out. He wanted to win today. And win it he will. Wise Dan, super impressive. Breeders Cup by Wise Dan. Welcome, everybody, to Auxiliary Gate Podcast number 78. This is our annual Breeders' Cup edition, part one. We're going to cover the races today that are on Friday. They call it, I believe, uh, Future Friday, Future Stars Friday. It's all two-year-old races, or the late the, the, the late pick five is basically two-year-old races, and uh, always an exciting way to spend your Friday. And then these are the races that we've been looking forward to. Uh, I want to introduce our podcast mates today. Uh, of course, uh, our mainstays, of course, are Alan Schneider. Are you there, Alan? Alan has muted himself again. We'll go to Brandon. Hey, I'm back. I just had some quick sushi upstairs, and I'm drinking Rheingeist. Wow. Cheetah lager. It's Brandon Tuesday. <laughs> Brandon, where, where did the sushi come from? From a gas station, possibly? Uh, my wife got uh, the door dash or whatever it's called and i don't have any idea where it came from okay now alan has unmuted himself uh we'll go to alan schneider how you doing alan i'm great uh unfortunately people are gonna be wishing i muted myself here very shortly because <laughs> i get that at work an awful lot so uh bear with me so alan this is the uh the probably the second best weekend of the year this is what uh handicappers uh, fans of the sport like us, this is what we look forward to. This is uh, we do a podcast weekly. Uh, Alan, where will you be watching uh, Breeders' Cup Saturday from? Oh, you're taunting me. He's taunting me, folks. I am committed. I'm a Kentucky football fan, even after last week's disaster <laughs> of a football game. But I'm a season ticket holder. My buddies count on me going. I will. While the Breeders' Cup is running, I will be at Kroger Field watching Kentucky versus Tennessee. And struggling with uh, my phone because the reception there is god awful. So I may not know if I win or lose until about 11:30 that night. So yeah, I'll I've, I've screwed it up. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I've been disappointed <laughs> in you a few times, but no I don't blame you there, buddy. No more than now. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our uh, our friend JJ Hysel is joining us, uh, and and JJ. Uh, if you'd listen to our uh, Derby podcast back in the spring, JJ uh, touted Medina Spirit, and uh, Medina Spirit would go on to win the Kentucky Derby at fat odds. Uh, JJ, we're we're glad you joined us. Oh, very excited to be here on this this special week. And last but not least, uh, a guest we had on last year's Breeders' Cup podcast, somebody that I respect very much. I've been reading his uh, articles on Brisnet and. Uh, and prior to that, he worked for the Daily Racing Forum, and and he gave out Tarnawa last year in the Breeders' Cup turf. Probably, I think he might have said that was the best bet of the day, possibly, but mm-hmm. uh, that helped me get out of a trap. And uh, we're very, very pleased to have Vance Hansen join us. Uh, Vance, how are you this evening? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on again. It's good to talk to you. All right. So uh, uh, before we get into uh, the Friday card, uh, this this is kind of a bittersweet bittersweet week for us uh we we lost uh miguel mena as many of you know uh one of the top jockeys one of my favorite jockeys on the on the kentucky circuit and he was uh tragically killed in a uh a car accident uh on uh, i believe sunday evening and uh alan uh there's a gofundme uh for the family uh do you have any information on that or you or brandon either one well yeah i do know that jose santos jr 
uh, has started one. He's his former agent. We met actually, ironically, we met Jose on Sunday, just a few hours before this this just unspeakable tragedy happened. And uh, Jose's a great guy. He's a great guy. And I know he's tore up about it, just like a, just like everybody in the racing community in Kentucky and Louisiana are. Miguel's one of my favorite. Was one of my favorite riders. It, it's gut wrenching. He's got a family. A wife and two young daughters, and there is a GoFundMe page at Ho- and I believe David Cohen also has one going too. But uh, Jose Santos has one. David Cohen, if you if anybody is willing to contribute, that would be awesome. Uh, it's the way I look at it. Miguel made me a lot of money over the years. I, the least I can do is try to help him out in this time of year. I know everybody else feels the same way. It is, it, it is, it, it's gut wrenching. And yeah. as CC knows, one of one of my angles of playing horse racing. In, the, in Kentucky for the years, is betting Miguel Main and Wes Hawley together, right? CC, I've made a lot of money in that over the years. Right, and, that's right. Yeah, uh, because I, Miguel Main was fearless. He's a fearless rider. Uh, very few riders like to go up the rail, thread the needle. He will. He'll save ground. He would. He would uh, hug that rail, spl- split, split horses. I mean, he was just a fearless rider. And from what I understand, I didn't know him, but it's an absolutely fantastic guy, an amazing father. So. Uh, I know I speak for a lot of people uh, out there that it, this really uh, hits close to home. So we we really we feel terrible for the for the family. And if you can contribute to the GoFundMe page, look it up and, and please do so. Yeah, they're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I've seen it a couple of different places, and I'm sure Churchill Downs will know how to direct people yeah. if they want to make different types of contributions. But um, tragic. I mean, incredibly sad. A lot of unknowns. I just haven't heard much about it, but I hope some other information comes about, and uh, and hope his family gets taken care of, and and uh, yeah. rest in peace. Won the Stephen Foster twice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Well, yeah. The last time Wright was on Tom's Daytona last year, last summer, that was a great ride. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was. No doubt. Certainly, he will be missed, and uh, we offer our condolences to his family. Uh, with that said, we, we're going to move on and handicap these five races. Of course, uh, this is the time of year we look forward to. Uh, very excited. And uh, Vance, we're going to lead off with you. Race six at Del Mar on Friday is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. And I assume that the heavy favorite will be number eight, Averly Jane, coming off a, a really impressive front-running performance in the Indian Summer Stakes at Keeneland. Uh, Averly Jane only knows one way to go, go to the lead and, and improve her position. Uh, Vance, uh, your thoughts on the, uh, the, the juvenile turf sprint and, uh, can we beat Averly Jane? Well, I'm certainly going to try to, uh, it is a race, uh, which was inaugurated about three years ago. The U S horses have definitely uh, dominated the race. Um, an interesting fact though, if you go back to the 2017 breeders cup undercard, they actually had a, a, a precursor stakes for this event called the Juvenile Turf Sprint. And uh, I looked back at the chart today and I noticed that, uh, you know, even though the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint has been dominated by U.S. horses, this precursor race that they ran on the uh, undercard of the 2017 Breeders' Cup at Del Mar was not only dominated by Europeans, most of the entrants were, had just made their uh, previous start in, in Europe. So, so there is a bit, somewhat of a loose precedent for uh, Europeans to actually do well in a five furlong turf sprint at Del Mar, which you wouldn't ordinarily think was the case. Averly Jane uh, is uh, from the barn of Wesley Ward, who's actually won this race multiple times, including last year with an odds on favorite and Golden Pal. Uh, for Philly, I mean, she's just done absolutely amazing. She's she, she broke her maiden against fellow Phillies at Keeneland in April, and then she's won three straight stakes against males uh, since uh, since April and August and then October. Like you said, she, the Indian summer stakes at Keeneland last time was actually her turf debut, and she won pretty convincingly. But, you know, I don't think she stands out against this field like a Golden Bow did last year, who was an odds-on favorite at Keeneland. Uh, it, her morning line is two that seems about right she might drop down to two to one or so but uh, on paper she just doesn't look like uh, as speedy as golden palaces so i think there is uh, potential room uh, for an upset here uh, the horse i'm kind of intrigued by is one of the european shippers and that's 
Amor, uh, who's uh, Armor, excuse me. Armor uh, has just run some bang up races uh, throughout the season. He's been, he's come short a few times uh, uh, in the, his last few starts, especially when he stretched out to six furlongs. But dropping back to five furlongs uh, on the Friday, I think, is going to be a huge advantage. Plus, he gets Ryan Moore back in the saddle, and uh, Ryan has ridden him to his mo- his biggest successes so far. His both of his wins came with Moore in the saddle, including the Molecombe Stakes over five furlongs at Goodwood, and then he ran in a cracking second two back in the Flying Chillers at Doncaster. And uh, his last race, the Middle Park Stakes, which is the top six furlong uh, two-year-old event in England, didn't quite see out. Long, I think, but he still uh, lost by less than a length to Perfect Power, who's the best, uh, definitely the best uh, English sprinter, uh, two-year-old sprinter in that country. So um, we'll find out if Armour has the, uh, you know, speed to keep up with the best of Americans on paper. Uh, he's an intriguing alternative to the favorite. Okay, Perfect Power, I think, is a horse that's going to come up later. Uh, later on, and uh, as we get through this card uh, in the uh, juvenile turf, uh, like you said, he's beaten a few of those in that spot. So Vance is on number seven armor. Uh, let's go to JJ. Who do you like in the uh, the juvenile turf sprint? Yeah, this is this is actually a, a really good betting race on on the card because you have several European based rivals who who offer very appealing odds if if you're going against Averly Jane, which which I am as well. Uh, the Euro that I'm, I'm most interested in is actually Go Bears Go at 15 to 1. Um, Go Bears Go, I, I know the Bloodstock agent who was involved with, with getting Go Bears Go. Uh, th- this horse has a lot of potential, adds blinkers, uh, cuts back to a distance in which he was very prolific early in his career, was second only ahead to perfect power in the Norfolk Stakes, uh, has Johnny V aboard, who obviously will be adept. Uh, there's a lot of upside upside here for this horse. As far as the Wesley Ward trio, uh, I like Twilight gleaming the best of of the trio. Like her European races were stellar. She's obviously va- very talented. Gets Arad Ortiz back aboard. I, I think if anyone beats the Euros, it would be Twilight gleaming. And uh, I, I agree with Vance that Armor should should be in the mix. It's performed well at the the group level. I, I would not be leaving Armor and Ryan Moore off any tickets. So th- those were the three that that stood out to me. All right, so this is interesting. We've got two of our pundits that are against Averly Jane. Uh, here's a chance to beat the favorite early. Uh, Brandon, I'll swing it to you. Uh, any, yeah. any opinions? Well, I'm going to disclose something. JJ and I were talking earlier today about this race specifically. Go Bears Go was our number one pick. I'm sticking with it. Uh, a lot of the good definition of what she said about this horse, I like that the horse is definitely shortened back up. I think this is going to be a, a real true shot. Johnny V gets them out. Johnny V's a winner. And, you know, I want to try to beat Wesley Ward. I really do. How many horses does he have in here? Like 10? So <laughs> let's see if we can pull that off. The number, You know, he's the number two-year-old, the number two, uh, the two-year-old expert here. Uh, you know, trains, it does phenomenal with two-year-olds. But, um, and I'd like to see one-timer actually get up and, and, Get in the mix for a little uh, consolation exacta, if you will. Uh, if that's a consolation in a Breeders' Cup race, <laughs> I'd love one. But, um, yeah, I, I think those are great, and I'm going to play Armar's, Armor as well. Okay, Alan. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion uh, in this race. I, I, I like everybody has said. Uh, go Bears Go. I, I'd say uh, Joe Christofek, if I know you're listening, I think you're a Bears fan, a.k.a. Ted Lasso. I hope you are listening. Uh, so you'll probably like uh, these people's approval of that horse. I kind of like armor. You know, uh, I don't have a strong opinion. I w- did want to ask these guys something real quick. What is your opinion of Larry Ravelli's one-timer in this, in this spot? Is he fast enough to keep up with the ward horse? It's E.T. Baird, a, a speed jockey. Do you? How do you guys feel about one-timer in here? Vance or J.J.? Yeah, I I went against one-timer myself. I I agree. I don't, I don't think that... He is as appealing as as the other ones. I, I just think the other ones are more appealing with their experience. Uh, no, no, you know, graded stakes company. So I and I don't like the post either. So. Yeah, I, I was curious. Four to one or more. I thought that was a little bit low. And I was just curious if yeah. you guys take on it. Oh, yeah, I, I think he could definitely actually cause her quite a bit of trouble. Uh, they're breaking side by side with each other and it could turn into a 
speed duel between the two. Okay, cool, cool. There you go. So uh, yeah, so we're we're all against Avery Jane. That's uh, that's very interesting. So uh, I'm not. Uh, I didn't make an opinion. I wussed out. <laughs> well, regardless, uh, that's yeah, four out of five. I'm against her too. So race seven. It's the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, mile sixteenth on the dirt for two-year-old Phillies. Uh, compact field, a talented field. The favorite is going to be on the outside from the six-hole. That's Echo Zulu from the Steve Asmussen barn. Joel Rosario replacing Ricardo Santana Jr. This Phillies three for three, coming off an impressive effort in the Frazette Stakes. Vance, we'll start with you in this compact field. Uh, where do you lean? Well, to be honest, this race lost a appeal for me because I was very anxious to back Ain't Easy in this race, but unfortunately she not entered yesterday. Her uh, bone chip was discovered, so that kind of uh, uh, ruled out one of the one of my uh, more uh, anticipated bets of the weekend. Uh, Ain't Easy was a, a impressive winner at uh, Santa Anita uh, in her stakes debut and relishing to take on an odds-on favor like Echo Zulu and now with easy out. I mean, it basically looks like a unpaved two-horse. And, J.J., uh, give us your analysis of the, the juvenile fillies. Yeah, okay. yeah it's a, a small field, but, but as you, just as you said, there's a, there's a lot of talent in here. Um, I felt Echo Zulu is special from day one. Uh, the, the way she just smoothly uh, cl- clicks off those eye-popping fractions and then distances herself from 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 the, the her rivals. Uh, that's that's pretty rare for a two year old to to be able to do that. Uh, she faces so many new challenges here though, which is why uh, you might look in a different direction. Uh, she's trying two turns for the first time. She's shipping out here to California. She's got Joel Rosario aboard, a, a new jockey. So th- th- there's some things to look at w- if you want to look at a different direction. Um, I, I do think she's a special filly though. I don't think the outside post. Is, is too much of a concern. I, I wasn't on the Juju's map train until I saw what she looked like at Del Mar. Uh, she looks absolutely fabulous. And her work over the, the off track at Churchill was very impressive. So I wasn't considering her until I saw that. I, I was on the hidden connection train. I, I think she was very interesting in the spot. I know her numbers are actually not too far off Zulu. And that Pocahontas win was so visually impressive. And I, I want to say uh, kudos to Brett Calhoun for keeping Ray Gutierrez on mm. this filly. Very smart move because his ride in the Pocahontas, that, that was brilliant because she had to come from the outside post and she just dominated. Um, I, I think that was, that was a really good thing to do. We've, we've got Sequist for our friend Dallas Stewart. Uh, <laughs> Sequist is interesting. She, she's a very talented filly, a daughter of Nyquist, who you know, was the sire of Equist, who won last year. Um, she's got a great pedigree. Uh, out of a Peruvian graded stakes winner. The problem with Sequist is I, I don't think she's actually a natural closer. Her problem is breaks. She she does not break well. She is constantly in trouble at the break. We don't know what this filly can do if she gets a good break. And I think if she gets a good break, she's just as good as, as, as most of the fillies in this race. It's just whether or not she can accomplish that. Um, another interesting thing to note about Tarabi uh, Tarabi for Sherry DeVoe. There's a direct quote from the Echo Base chart about the spinaway. She smashed inside of the gate, veered in, jostled with another foe, and she still managed to get second. Um, I think the stretch out gets Tarabi here, Tarabi here, but I think she's one to watch for the future. So I, I wouldn't count out Echo Zulu, but I think Hidden Connection definitely has a chance to win. And I would say keep an eye on Juju's map throughout the week. Uh, see how she if she continues to train well. Okay, Brandon. I think everybody covered pretty pretty well there. I, I I'm I'm exactly on those same horses. I think the long shots are exactly Sequist. I think you can get a great price on that horse. <coughs> I've followed that horse several several months here, and then also Brad Cox. I mean he's he's got a big fleet coming out, so uh, be look for. I would think he's going to be in the top three. And Alan. I'll steal JJ's thunder. I don't have a strong opinion. I find Sequest a bit interesting in the price. I'm watching this one as a fan. And pull it for Ray Lou Gutierrez. He's a really good guy. Yeah, I like JJ's opinion. This this race isn't so cut and dried as Echo Zulu. I, yeah, I, I, I feel like Tarabi. Of course, we had Sherry DeVoe on our podcast back in the summer. 
and or, or late August, and uh, I think they're high on that filly, and I think that speaks volumes that they decided to ship this filly to, to Del Mar. Uh, I would not dismiss her, and you'll get a good price, but uh, yeah, this is uh, it's not a good betting race, as, as uh, Vance alluded to, but uh, still, still very interesting, as all these races are. We'll go on to race eight. This is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. This is a one-mile turf event. Two-year-old Phillies, this uh, race I believe it's a short run to the first turn. So, uh, you know, maybe the horses on the outside uh, may be up against it. Uh, there's 14 in here. And, of course, uh, our Kentucky favorite, number 14, California Angel, drew number 14. Uh, so she's going to be widest of all. But uh, it may not bother too much as she likes to come from last anyway. Uh, uh, go back to Vance. Uh, I don't know if Vance is uh, connected yet or not. Vance, uh, are you there by any chance? I see you've got your mute on. There you go. Hello, I'm back. All right, Vance is back. Okay, so we're we're on the juvenile t- Phillies uh, turf, the juvenile Phillies turf, which is race eight. Uh, what is your prognostication uh, for this race? Well, to f- first off, it's a race that the Europeans have, haven't done as well as is in the juvenile turf. Uh, I think they've only taken away uh, – uh, two wins in this race in the 15 or so years it's been running that and both of those wins came over at least a decade ago so uh, it, I think it's a good spot generally speaking for American horses and uh, I kind of like the uh, Kentucky Philly California Angel a very impressive uh, closer closes and uh, to win her maiden Kentucky Downs and then uh, obviously the uh, the sprint race on the dirt at Churchill is, is a toss out. And then last time uh, in the Jessamine, she just turned on the afterburners light and qualified for this race. So, um, obviously post 14 is a bargain on this, on this track. And, and, and this is a tighter configuration. She's going to need a lot of, a lot of luck, a lot of pace, but uh, I do like California angel at this price, eight to one. And uh, if you're, if you want to include a European, the European Phillies uh, do tend to place here more than win. Uh, the Philly right to uh, California Angels immediate left, uh, Mise-en-Seine, is, a, a, uh, is an up-and-coming Philly. Uh, won a group three at Goodwood, two back, and then last time uh, uh, finished a pretty good fourth to the best Philly in England uh, in spiral in the Phillies mile at Newmarket. And if you watch the replay of that race, uh, she misses a, a photo for second by, you know, in, knows but you know a few strides past the wire she was going to pass both the runner and the uh, third place horse pretty quickly so uh, uh mise on sand is uh i would say the european to watch out here for so 13 and 14 are my horses all right so uh, vance going for the upset uh on the far outside uh with uh, 13 mise on scene and uh 14 california angel uh love love the sentiment there uh, let's go to jj who do you like in the juvenile Phillies turf. Yes. And I, I would agree. I don't have California angel in my win spot, but I think we can all agree that if George Leonard wins this race, we are all going to be raising a toast here in Kentucky. Uh, yes. That that guy is awesome. Uh, he, he is an ambassador for the sport. Um, so many people, I, I, you know, I follow social media so closely and I cannot tell you that George has garnered so many fans to horse racing. I don't think people realize that, that he, he has become a love of the fans. So I, I hope she does win. Uh, there are three fillies uh, in this race by More Than Ready, who has had tremendous success as a sire in this race, and and those are the three I like the most. Uh, Bubble Rock for Brad Cox looks most appealing for me. Uh, my top pick because of those two sharp works and um, what I thought was a keen win in the matron. She's versatile and she should have no problem stretching out. She's got a rad Ortiz. I really like Bubble Rock here. Uh, consumer spending for Chad Brown, no graded wins, but she's. She's a versatile filly who was interesting on the cutback. Um, I don't see her as a natural closer. Uh, I think she can definitely handle it if, if it's a speed favoring race. I would use her in exotics because of her experience at the longer distances. Uh, she should get up for a piece. Also, Koala Princess is one without a, a graded stakes win, but, but she's one on the front end and off the pace. Won a tough race at Kentucky Downs. That's not an easy place to win. Uh, trainer Arnaud Delacour is very sharp with runners stretching out, especially the young runners. Uh, Rosario aboard. Out of the Euros, Hello You is, is garnering some steam from the eyes and ears I have at Del Mar. 
coming off that solid grade two win. She faced some of your, uh, some of the top European two-year-old fillies and ran very well. Um, I, I noticed the Euros have only won two of the 13 races uh, of this, of this juvenile fillies church, which I think Vance, Vance touched on that. Uh, the SoCal, the Southern California runners like Cairo Menories, they haven't, they have yet to win. Uh, there hasn't been a Southern California winner from, from my records. So uh, th- those more than ready horses are the ones that I have to watch and maybe hello you. All right. Great analysis from, from our two pundits this evening. Uh, Alan, let's turn it over to you. Who do you like here? Uh, I swear, folks, <clears throat> JJ and I did not talk about this race beforehand, and she picked the exact three horses I like. I mean, I feel bad for her <laughs> now that she's going to have to tear up her tickets. So I apologize <laughs> in advance. But she picked, it th- honestly, the three horses that I like. If you made me pick one off the top, I got to go with maybe Koala Princess, maybe Joel Rosario and, and Delacour. That race Kentucky Downs really was good. It's only six and a half furlongs, but the horse rallied smartly down a stretch. I think she, I believe she came inside. It was a tough, pretty tough field. And another stretch out to a mile here, but that six and a half at, at uh, Kentucky Downs went up that hill to close. That should translate pretty well to this spot, I think. Um, it's reassuring to me. But uh, Vance and JJ said about uh, the lack of Euros winning this race. I was unaware of that. And the lack of SoCal runners winning this race. Because I do like uh, I do like Koala Princess here. But I also like consumer spending, as JJ alluded to, for Chad Brown. I think that horse has done nothing wrong. The Clarevich guys come to win. And also Bubble Rock reminds me of a Brad Cox horse that won this race a couple of years ago. Am I right? Did it win this race or the... Who am I thinking of? Got Aunt Pearl last year. Aunt Pearl. Aunt Pearl yeah, but somebody else before that, um, I think two years ago. Anyway, this horse from my horse. Uh, stretching out, uh, done nothing wrong, going to get overlooked on the top board, I believe. So I'm with you, uh, JJ, the three more than readies, and I'm sure I just put a euro in the winner's circle by saying that. <laughs> All right, Brandon. Well, it's, 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 it's also, I'll just, I'll just throw in real quick. Um, Christoph, did you guys know that Christoph Clement is 0 for 40 meters cut? I did. I, I remember hearing that. It's amazing to me. Amazing. Why is that? Do we have a reason why? The, the only thing I could think of was mo, aren't, mo, most of his runners are turf horses, and and maybe he's getting beat by the Euros. I don't know. I, I can't figure it out. That's shocking. Do you have, uh, do you have a theory, Vance? No, I think JJ is uh, pretty spot on, and uh, I guess there's – his best dirt horse, uh, you know, in recent years was Tonalist, and uh, you know he ran ran into American Pharaoh in the Breeders' Cup Classic a few years back, so that, and that was a tough task anyway. So, uh, yeah, I agree with JJ probably that it's the it's the Euro influence that uh, is affecting his record. Mm. Makes sense. Okay, Brad, yeah, we'll, finishes off. Well, JJ and I did talk earlier today. Like I said, Bubble Rock was definitely one of my top choices. Then I'm coming as something different here. I love Cairo Prince on turf, and so I'm going Cairo Memories with Bob Hess as the trainer. Uh, this this horse has done nothing wrong, and uh, the last race you got to watch it, Santa Anita, uh, sweeping wide and rallied and cleared, very impressive. And I thought the horse is probably got more in the tank. Doesn't need to stretch. I just think he's going to get a little bit more speed, and probably that went out that day with a lot of speed. A lot of speed in the first half. So uh, I think Cairo Memories has got a really big shot. Cool. All right. I have no opinion. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take notes on what you all said and, and, and turn the page to the next race, which is the feature of the afternoon, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And this is a, this is a real puzzle to me. Uh, you've got the best horses from uh, – from New York and California, uh, probably the best horse from Kentucky is not going to make the trip. That's rattle and roll, uh, who, who withdrew earlier, uh, earlier this week. Uh, but you've got Baffert with three horses in here. You've got uh, Chad Brown with the favorite drawing the rail. And this is, uh, it's a fun race. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. Uh, Vance, we'll go to you first. So, uh, uh, your opinion on the juvenile. Yeah, I have a difficult time trying to make heads or tails of uh, Baffert's two leading hopes, Corniche and Pinehurst, who both have the same kind of running style. Uh, Corniche is favored in the wagering over him, and 
thought he got a pretty easy lead in the American Pharaoh Stakes last time, and uh, you know, won impressively enough. But you know, the Colts they beat that day, Papa Cap, Oviat Class are both behind him. You know, I don't know how good they are. You know, I, I I honestly just don't know if that was a you know deep prep, so to speak. So. On the other side of the coin, I mean, the, the two Belmont horses, I think, obviously are looking really good in this race. Jack Christopher, very impressive, winning the Champagne Stakes. He's trained by Chad Brown, who won the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile at Del Mar the last time it was there with uh, Good Magic. And it's kind of interesting, though. Uh, Brown has the favorite in here, Jack Christopher, but the horse that has, that has a similar profile to Good Magic in this race is uh, Command Performance. He was still a maiden, but rallied uh, to finish a good second uh, in the Champagne. And uh, that's a colt definitely who's going to appreciate the stretch out to two turns. He's by Union Rags out of the Tappet Mare. So it, 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 it's not a race that I have a really firm grasp and opinion on, but uh, I would go for the two New York horses in here. Uh, Vance, while we're talking about the New York horses, uh, there was a little stir about the timing of the champagne stakes. Did you hear anything on the on the Brisnet end about uh, uh, how accurate that that final time was? I know maybe some of them were hand timed. Uh, some of the some of the uh, figure services hand timed this race. Uh, have, have you heard anything on on what's going on with the the final time and the figs there? I have not actually. I should have inquired about that after after that all went on, but I actually did not go back and uh, see what any adjustments, if any, that we made. So. Okay. A couple of a couple of people I read weren't sure what to make of the race because uh, I think it came back so fast, and but then you had four horses in the race that didn't fire at all. So it's 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 hard to it's hard to make a. Uh, a presumption on on how fast the race really was. That's that, that's what I heard originally when the when the race was run, but I don't know. But uh, uh, JJ, we'll go to you here. This this is a tough a tough race to uh, to make a prediction on. Uh, where where did you land? Yeah, this is this is a very tough race, and uh, I, I think it, it changed a little bit without Rattle and Roll, who unfortunately won't won't make it out here. Uh, my mind was absolutely blown that Double Thunder is twenty to one on the morning line. I just Preach. Preach. absolutely shocking. I, I, I mean, if I was in a chair, I would have fallen out. Uh, grade two winner, second in a grade one to rattle and roll. Uh, this horse, he's he's consistent. He's talented. Now, I understand his running style. People are looking at his running style and thinking this is not going to be well. You've got these Baffert speeds horses. You've got Jack. What's Double Thunder going to do? Well, Double Thunder's adding blinkers and Double Thunder is getting Flavian Pratt. Todd Pletcher knows what he's doing. This is a must use in your exotics. Even if you don't like him for the win spot, if you're playing trifectas and superfectas, you've got to put double thunder in there. Uh, another horse that I, I I think is interesting for exotics is Oviat Class, who's uh, a brilliantly bred bred horse. I think he's good to use underneath. Uh, probably not good enough to get to get into the win spot though. Command performance. I agree with Vance. Com- command performance. I th- I thought his champagne run. Was, was sets him up very well for for, for this race. Uh, very similar, as you said, to Good Magic uh, coming in. He had a strong gallop out after that, after that race, and I questioned whether he was totally cracked up for Saratoga and Belmont. And out of out of Union Rags, he should relish the added distance. He's got a Rad Ortiz aboard, uh, so so I think command performance for the win spot definitely. Uh, Jack Christopher is the darling of our our figs our figs people. He's He's, he's got the big figs. Um, he's drawing massive attention out at Del Mar, and he looks great. Uh, there's there's no knocking him, but he has a, a very sprint to middle distance lean pedigree. He's by Munnings. He's out of a half hour's mare. The majority mm-hmm. of his family is all sprinters. He's on the rail, so he, he can save ground. He is going to have to hustle. He's in a better spot than Corniche because Corniche on the outside – that that may have blown his chances. The draw may have blown Cornish's chances because I don't see him getting ahead of of Jack uh, with Jack being on the rail. I, I think Jack gets out in front on the lead and is going to try to take it all the way. So I, I think that really hurt Cornish. You look at Pinehurst as a possibility for Baffert. His figures aren't aren't as good as as the others. He doesn't boost those flashy spe- speed figures. 
But with the pace scenario, Pinehurst could could have an impact on on the race. So um, American Sanctuary and Tough to Tame, they did not have timed workouts at Del Mar, but they did have very strong gallop outs uh, that they were well exercised. Um, If you like those horses, I wouldn't let that deter you. I, I, I don't like them because I just think that the the others are a little bit more talented here. Uh, Jasper Great, the the Japanese horse, uh, he, he looks like a mini arrogant. Uh, he's he's like a little bundle arrogant. Uh, looks just like a sire. Uh, coming off one race in Japan, it was a very impressive race at a mile and an eighth, where he won by, by ten lengths. And he, he he looks like he has a great future, but he hasn't done well coming to Del Mar. This morning he bolted almost through his rider. He seems to be, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's more like a tappet. He's an arrogant, but he has a mentality of like a tappet. So I, I'm not sure. That, I think the inexperience is going to hurt Jasper Great here. So I don't I don't have him on my tickets um, as, as a double thunder and Oviat class for exotics and watch for command performance. Pinehurst maybe could do well. Okay, Alan. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> she's right on the money about double thunder. That, that 20 to one morning line is insane. Uh, I mean, I, I'll make a case. I'd put the horse on the win end as, as well, too. For all the reasons she just mentioned, the pace scenario could help Double Thunder. If you take a look at uh, this horse, as the distances have got longer each time, four and a half, six, six and a half, a mile, a mile 16th at Keeneland, the figures have went up each time as the distances have got longer, correct? Uh, the horse had a bit of a bad start last uh, and had the rail, correct me if I'm wrong, last time at Keeneland. Came running late to get second. Yeah. Um, the race before that at Monmouth, American Sanctuary made a winning move. And this horse was Paco Lopez confidently ran the horse down. If you look at the, the it says it's geared down, geared down to win by half a length. That's extreme confidence on Paco's part, right? So as the distance have got longer, the horse is uh, closed stronger. Uh, Going to get a mile and 68. Might get a, a decent pace up when you figure Jack Christopher has a rail. You have uh, Corniche to the outside. <clears throat> there's a Flavian Pratt. There's a lot of things that add up to the fact that I have to have this horse on my ticket, not only as a potential uh, underneath play, an exotics play. I think you got to have any multi-race wager, too. Give me double thunder at this price. I've talked myself into putting him on the win end, JJ. We talked <laughs> off air, and it was going to be my uh, underneath horse. Now it's my win horse. Give me double thunder. I tell you what, uh, my pick five ticket is going to be about five thousand dollars now. <laughs> Start Sorry. Using all the horses. Yeah. So, uh, Brandon, uh, Brad Cox doesn't have an entry in this year's juvenile. Are you able? Are you going to be able to speak? Uh, to I know. Himself? Well, I will say something about the Barossa horse number eight. Uh, well, first off, our good friends, you know, SF Racing, Starlight Racing, they got both eight and nine Pinehurst and Barossa. The dam in Barossa Bouquet Booth. Yeah. Guess you. Guess who originally raced that horse? Who? Dan Glick. Dan Glick. <laughs> that was his big, big uh, first, I guess, graded winner. And that's what's been ca- carrying Starlight Racing for all this time because I think Bouquet Booth sold at auction uh, for a good, good penny. I don't remember, but a great earner. If you look at that horse, that are the uh, uh, Barossa. I mean, hasn't done, didn't do anything the first start, and we were watching it. I remember Dan and I were watching, and slowly and steadily, that horse is improving and improving with time. Because you got to still know, I mean, they're still two-year-olds. Uh, I mean, it's just it's incredible. So yeah, Bouquet Booth sold for six hundred thousand. Oh wait a second, nope, I got that wrong. <laughs> what did she sell for? It was a lot. A lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Let's just put it that way. But. Uh, but anyway, so I, I I like seeing the progression of that horse, and it's it's a very interesting play. So, but I think you guys covered it very well. I mean, I can't really add much any any different. Uh, just those two little fun facts that the ownership of Pinehurst and Barossa will be at the race. Bouquet Booth, the dam, put put our little syndicate on the map. I think Double Thunder's a great play, and Jasper the Great or Jasper Great uh, is a is a wonderful play against. The big heavy favorite, Jack, you know, uh, Jack Christopher for Chad Brown. You know, Oviat class kind of reminds me of Texas Red. Uh, Texas yeah, Red was a, yeah. yeah, he was a late runner. I think that was the 2014 year American Pharaoh scratched. 
uh, either the day before or the morning of the race. And Texas Red kind of took advantage of a race that fall, fell apart late, and he went on to win easy. Uh, Oviat class, kind of the same kind of the same situation. Uh, horse closed well to finish third uh, in the uh, Santa Anita's two-year-old prep. That, that horse bears watching if the race mm-hmm. does, if they go too fast too early. But uh, I, I like the analysis. So uh, we're going to end Friday, Future Stars Friday, in race 10, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, a mile on the turf again for two-year-olds this time. And uh, I don't know that this race is as wide open as the two-year-old Philly counterpart. I'd agree. The favorite is the 14 Dubawi legend who finished uh, second to native trail in the Darley Dewhurst stakes at Newmarket. Uh, but you know, he draws the outside. Uh, Vance, uh, we'll go to you. I, I know you're, uh, uh, you follow these, uh, these two-year-old races in Europe. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the juvenile turf? Uh, I will go, go against the wisdom and i think this race uh, could go at least a half dozen different ways i think it's a very, very competitive race uh you bring up dubawi legend uh, obviously on the bare form uh, with his runner-up uh, finish in the dewhurst uh, that's a pretty uh, salty effort by any horse and uh, yeah he'll he'll take some beating but you know the, the post 14 uh, it could be problematic for him uh the dolphin is has just had an absolutely tremendous season both overseas and in this country. Charlie Appleby's uh, record in North America this year has just been outstanding. He's got two uh, main contenders in this race. You have Modern Games, who will break from the rail, and just to his outside is Albar. Now, North American fans got to look at Albar uh, when he won the summer six at Woodbine fairly fairly well. It wasn't a deep race by any stretch. and uh, But I, I prefer, of the two, I prefer Modern Games, who's really come on uh, this fall, uh, winning uh, three of his last four starts, including a very uh, 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 visually impressive victory in the Patterson Somerville Stakes at Newmarket over seven furlongs, where he uh, dueled early and then basically kicked clear at the end and uh, just looked very good. And uh, I, I, I think the the stables thinking right now is that the, the, he has surpassed Albar as as their top prospect in this race. Albar was actually uh, gelded over the summer, so basically that eliminated him from staying in Europe and participating in their top two-year-old races because they're all restricted to colts only. So I, I think I think the stable is probably thinking Modern Games is potentially one of their uh, you know top uh, classic prospects next year, and uh, besides Native Trail. Um, so modern games, I, is, I think, is one to look out for, and I'm going to include a couple of long, longer shots in here. Um, I know the California-based horses haven't traditionally done well in this race, but number six, McKinnon, has won three straight, uh, including two course and distance victories over this uh, one mile at Del Mar, and then last time in the Zuma B takes at Santa Anita. Watch that replay. Uh, he basically uh, is just a, as of a just as he was about to enter the backside, uh, he clipped heels with a rival racing in front of him and uh, lost a little position. And, you know, normally with an un- with a uh, still maturing two-year-old, uh, that could be. And let me just say that to, to come back and win as impressively as he did after encountering that kind of trouble, that's the kind of maturity that you like to see uh, in a juvenile. So McKinnon, I think, uh, is definitely one to look out for in using your exotics. And the other one, that could be off the radar is number three, Dakota Gold, who's two for two. Monmouth Park put up a half million dollars to run a, a new new stakes and a new prep for this particular race. And it kind of got lost in the shuffle and a lot of other uh, Breeders' Cup preps on the 26th of September. But, uh, you know, Dakota Gold showed a very good class and to uh, run down run down the speed in a hot paced uh, one mile event in the now, now, now stakes. So, you know, undefeated, still promising uh, son of Freud, Dakota Gold, I think is another one that will be flying under the radar parimutually speaking. Yeah, I like your your uh, analysis there. Dakota Gold, that race did not pop up on my radar. I, I follow racing fairly closely. And I, I looked at this race in the PPs. I didn't even know this this race existed. And 
and yeah, uh, first running this year. Yeah, and this uh, this horse ran a really a nice effort there. He chased a fast pace. He was about five lengths off a of fast pace, and and closed and finished up really strongly. I, uh, this horse has a really bright future. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, JJ, let's go to you and uh, your thoughts on the the juvenile turf. Yes, and Vance covered a lot of the things that I was thinking. I'm I'm glad to hear that we're on a lot of the same horses for for the very same reasons. I I liked Albar for a while going into this race because I liked his experience at Woodbine. I thought it was helpful for him over here and with the Toria board. But then after listening to interviews with Charlie Appleby, I realized that he prefers modern games and that modern games is ahead of Albar. That's that's definitely the case. So. Modern Games, probably a little bit of a better chance of, of a winner here uh, f- for that. And Albar could, could still pull it off, but I, I think that the, the two Appleby horses lo- both look really good. There's some steam on, on Mark Kessie's Grafton Street. Uh, he had a bullet work at Woodbine. That, it received five-star reviews from the clockers. This is a very well-bred son of Warfront out of a Galileo mare. It's a shame that he uh, drew so far out because I, I do think that is going to be a detraction and could compromise him. But but that is a horse to watch. He's he, he's got a lot of people who think he will do well. Um, I think McKinnon that that what Vance brought up about McKinnon is very important. And McKinnon is coming from the Doug O'Neill barn, which is hot, hot, hot right now. Doug O'Neill is winning everything in California left and right. Uh, this horse has looked phenomenal at Del Mar. He's he's getting great marks from the eyes and ears out there. I wouldn't discount McKinnon, and I would also look at Tis the Bomb. Uh, Tis the Bomb, I think, has a chance. There's nothing to knock. He's won three in a row. Bullet work. A son of hit it, hit the hit it a bomb who, who won this race. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does well. Um, portfolio Portfolio Company has has a history of being very rank early. Uh, has been tough to control. I, I don't have him in the win spot because of that. I, I think that that's going to be a detraction. Uh, but it will be interesting to see what kind of factor portfolio company does play in the race. For those of you who might be concerned about the uh, the post draw for modern games, I do believe Mendelssohn won this same race at mm-hmm. Del Mar uh, from the one hole. So yeah, uh, it can be done. Uh, yeah. Alan, let's go to you. Well, I tell you what. Um, again, we're blessed to have such great guests and such great analysis on here because I think both Vance and JJ have opened our eyes to a lot of things in this race. I know they have to me. I like a lot of the same horses they do, but they provide us with a lot of details that I was unaware of. I've got to be honest with you. I was leaning to the two Godolphin horses. Both JJ and Vance mentioned that modern games appears to be more ahead of Albar. That's good enough for me. I mean, you know, you get the Tory and Buick on those two horses. But, yeah, so with what they've said, I'm leaning to modern games as well. McKinnon, I think McKinnon has a giant chance. Uh, I did see the replay of the re- the last race. It was fantastic. Um, and the, the the three main contenders in this race, correct me if I'm wrong, they're all by Dubowie, right? Correct? Modern Games, Al Bar, and Dubowie, is it Legend? Dubowie uh, Legend, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're they're right. All, yep. they're, they're all by Dubowie. And, yeah, uh, I, I appreciate their, their thoughts on this race because – it not only solidifies what I was going to bet, but actually narrows it down for me a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm think looking at modern games. And I'm like you, CeCe. I did not know about the race at Monmouth, the now, 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 uh, until Vance mentioned this. And looking, going back and look at this horse, uh, size rides him in his first race. He gets a 91 uh, speed thing on and off on, on the dirt. He's trying to go on the turf that day, right? And yes. then goes up there, yes. and just, there's some sick figures in that race. Wins the race at Monmouth easily. Comes back with two bullets on the turf. He's by Freud. I have a lemon drop kid mare. Yeah, uh, Vance has got me looking at Dakota Gold as well, too. So, again, I appreciate having these guys on. That's why they're here. They show us things that some of us may have already missed. So, I'm going to keep an eye on Dakota Gold as well. All right, Brandon. Yep. Uh, history has shown that by this time of the day, the last race on Breeders' Cup Friday, that I will be out of every wager. I will not have any money in my account. Can I can I press you? Can I can I get your guarantee that you will PayPal me the money if I need it to play this uh, last round? I'll feel pretty good on Friday, so possibly. I'll spot okay. you a hundred. Okay. There you go. Right. There we go. All right. Finish this up. Well, I, I think portfolio company on the outside 
You get Chad Brown with with Pratt, Klitovich Stable, a kitten's joy. You got all the connections there. The horse, you know, you're not getting Ortiz, Rosario. You're getting Pratt on the grass. I think that's a big change. Uh, Grafton Street, what JJ said, you know, JJ and I are three for three. So I <laughs> thought that horse looked like a great work. Uh, you got to throw out why the connections took a big shot on the grade one trial. You can't probably knock them because the horse is probably working, fa- you know, fantastically, you know, back in September. So they had to take the shot. The horse just wasn't there yet. Hasn't matured yet. You got these babies. I mean, there's a lot to be said about young horses trying to run them so early. You just never know. They're not going to take the same running lines as a four or five year old that show progression or show keep, you know, or on and off. I mean, you just don't know what they're going to do. But I like these two outside horses a ton. I mean, a ton to where I'm going to be focusing everything I got on that and Dakota Gold as well with Luis Saez and Danny Gardigan. I think those guys are going to be, those are my top three for that race. I love this race a ton, a ton, a ton. And you got to look back at pedigree. <laughs> And look at where have they been and where are they going? You know, are they learning still? Are they making climbs, making strides to become something great? I mean, this is this this race will tell. All right, sounds uh, good. Go ahead, Alan. You. I have a quick question for both Vance and JJ. On the two-day Breeders' Cup as a whole, there's four, 14 races. Right? Who wins more, Flavian Pratt or Joel Rosario? Mmm. Boy, that's a tough one. Yeah. Mm. I know you're going back in your head thinking who all they got now, but. Yeah. I, 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 I think Pratt. I would say Pratt. With Vance? I'll concur. I'll concur That's good. With that. I like hearing that because Pratt's on some bombs. Pratt's is on. Rosario's got a, is a little on more on a, some chalkier horses. So if y'all believe that, we can make some money off Flavian Pratt this weekend. So, uh, Vance and JJ, I want to press you on. Uh, your best bet and your best long shot on Friday. Uh, Vance, we'll start with you. What's the horse we need to lean on? And then maybe a horse that could uh, blow up the exotics in your pick fours and pick fives. Uh, best bet of the ones that we talked about today. It could be Saturday too, for that matter. We don't care. Money's money. Okay. Um, gosh, Threw me a quick curveball there. Uh, let, let, let JJ talk first. And I'll you got it. To me. Um, well, if I, I could go with best best bet, I would have to do Saturday. Uh, I, I really like Malathot um, going be, beating Latriska. I I could be totally wrong about that, but I just I, I I'm enamored with how she looks going into this race. Um, I would say for the long shots, definitely on Friday, look at Bubble Rock and and you, you got to say Double Thunder. I mean, you got to. Those two are, are going to be really nice price horses. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, there may not be a, a, a really good bet that you want to lean on on Friday. It's a, it's a, I think it's a tough sequence. It could yeah. go one of many different ways, but uh, yeah. I'm and, with uh, you. Yeah, I like so, Saturday's car more than I like Friday's, yeah. Yeah, with that said, Vance, uh, we're, we're – where can we uh well we need to lean on you for sure because I did last year so what 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 can you do for me next or for this this uh this coming weekend well let's let's go to Saturday uh, in the classic oh it, it, it's a it's a tough race but I do think this might be the opportunity for hot rod Charlie uh, to uh, get back at uh, uh, essential quality for the loss in the Belmont Stakes. Uh, hot Rod, I think, is as JJ alluded to earlier. Doug O'Neill Barn is just just hot going into this weekend, and uh, his Pennsylvania Derby, I think, was one probably, perhaps, arguably, the best last out prep of any of the major major contenders in this race. Uh, he could be peaking at the absolute right time. Uh, for Doug O'Neill, so Hot Rod Charlie at the price, I think uh, he's probably going to be third or fourth choice. I think he's worth a look. As far as a long shot, I've been chasing a horse all season. I'm hoping Saturday perhaps will be the day that he finally comes through for me, and that's Master of the Seas in the mile. Uh, he was my 2,000 guineas pick. He fell just a little short of Poetic Flair, who had a terrific season uh, over in Europe. Uh, Master of the Seas, uh, 
was out all summer with a set in, uh, with an injury, a setback, ran a really good race in his comeback event in the Joel Stakes. And then last time uh, he ran in the Queen Elizabeth II at Ascot and just did not handle the soft ground. And Charlie Appleby said it was the, you know, he was expecting a lot more from him and he just uh, didn't handle the ground. Firm ground, which he'll get on Saturday, is going to be much more up his alley. He still has a lot of improvement to do, but you know, if anybody's going to uh, surprise in the mile, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to try master of the seas again, see if he can uh, pay me back for some of the losses I've incurred with him this year. So I noticed you didn't mention Tarnawa as a potential best bet. Uh, she draws the outside in the Breeders' Cup turf. Uh, what are your thoughts on her trying to defend her title? I think she has an excellent chance uh, on bare form. She's the horse to beat, obviously. I, I didn't want to give out a horse that was going to be too short of a price, I suppose. You know, I guess she's going to be nine to five, maybe a tick or a point or two lower than that. I am a little bit concerned whether the arc took a lot out of her. I mean, that was a really a gut-wrenching performance that she had to uh, go through there. And then, you know, this this is this configuration of Del Mar is, uh, you know, tighter and uh, smaller than, you know, the ones that she's been used to running at over, both in Europe and then last year at Keeneland. So I think she's she's going to need a little bit of a luck. I mean, if she comes through, it'll be absolutely no surprise. I do think there's a possibility of an upset in there uh, just because there was an unheralded uh, European winner of this race at Del Mar four years ago against a very uh, heavy favorite. So uh, uh, multiple ways you could go on the turf with, uh, against Tarnaro if you're so inclined. All right. That's excellent. Uh, excellent that's analysis. Uh, Alan or Brandon, any, any questions for, uh, for Vance or JJ before we, before we cut them loose? I'll, I'll, I'll give him one, uh, one real quick. Philly and Mare turf, uh, this year, Vance has an interesting American in it when uh, warlike goddess and that's some, uh, very capable European horses and their love, uh, loves, loves, What's loves love, only you. Loves only you, Roger. How do you how do you see that stake? Does Warlock got to stack up with those horses, or are the Europeans just too classy for uh, this up and comer? It, it's hard to judge Warlock Goddess. I mean, she's been very impressive all year in uh, in winning a four out of five, but she simply hasn't been facing the quality right. that she faces this year. So my default position is always to go to the Europeans. Um, but interestingly, I do like the Japanese uh, mayor, Loves, Loves Only You, who you just mentioned. She's got a ter that terrific uh, running line uh, from the Dubai Shima Classic in March at Maidan, where she just narrowly lost to uh, Mishrif and then uh, another Japanese filly named Chronogenesis. And uh, her form since then has been pretty solid. Now, Japanese horses have not done very well in the Breeders' Cup. In, before I don't I actually I don't think they've won one yet. So that's kind of the main knock against Love is Only You. But uh, she travels well, obviously, and if she does handle this course and the uh, surroundings, uh, I think she's probably she's probably better right now than fillies like Love and Adaria, who have been uh, aren't coming into this race as strongly as they might have like a year ago. I'll, I'll give you a hint, Vance. Uh, you just made our day with that selection uh, for reasons we'll all see later. Uh, but uh, yes, that I'll be honest with you. That's what we wanted to hear. <laughs> so thank you for that. Absolutely. No problem. All right, Brandon, anything else before we go? Good luck to everybody. We, we, we've done our homework definitely ahead of time. And the uh, only thing I got to knock is just how late these races are going to be. I, I wanted to take off Friday to get ready and, and go to the track by noon, but the, the you know Friday's West Breeders' Coast. Cup races don't start till six o'clock. Right. Yeah. Right. That's that's the only drawback. That, uh, and yep. for those of us who worked in a day, it's not too bad. Right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll we'll draw this to a conclusion. Uh, I want to commend our our guests uh, uh, Vance Hansen and and JJ Highsell for some uh, fa fantastic analysis. That was uh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like I said, like we always say, uh, you're invited back on the show anytime. Uh, we love to hear from you. You, you guys are fantastic. Uh, but, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you very, very much for, uh, for joining us this evening. Great thank to you. be here. I always enjoy it. All right. So, uh, we'll wrap it up. 
good luck to everybody this weekend. Hope everybody cashes a big ticket. Hope all the horses come home safe. And uh, on behalf of Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers and J.J. Heisel and Vance Hansen, this is C.C. Broadus signing off and reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home. And cue up part two of the Auxiliary Gate podcast number 78 coming up soon. Good night, everybody.